Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. See, worship is one of those words um, that we use a lot in church or in our Christian circles. And maybe you've heard that word so many times, but not quite sure what it means or how it fits into your life. I hope to give us a little more understanding today and help us discover really what worship really is. Um, true worship. Because it's in that place of true worship where God makes himself known in a personal and powerful way. It's in that place of worship where we can hear clearly from God. And I think if there's ever a time when we need to hear clearly from God, the voice of God, it is right now, right now. You know, the most repeated phrase from Jesus is, he who has ears, let him or her hear what the Spirit is saying. Think about that. It's the most repeated phrase, so it's got to be important. In other words, it's so important to hear from God, to be in his presence. That's where he can give us direction. But it's really difficult to hear from God in a place of worry. You ever notice that? You know, it's hard to hear from God if my, my thoughts are chaos or I'm just thinking distracted with things. So if you're worried, if you're troubled today, if you're discouraged, if you need hope, worship will fix it. In the simplest terms, worship is giving value and displaying love to something or someone. Now, in some cultures, that thing might be an artifact or a material possession or even a human being. So in a sense, all people are worshipers in one way or another. Because on any given day, we can direct our love and devotion to something or someone. It could be our careers, our spouses, a hobby, even a determination to learn more, to acquire something. It might be your favorite sports team, go blue. Truth be told, there are things that hold top position in our hearts, true? We typically worship what is high on our priority list. We also see worship expressed in, in, in many ways, many various denominations, traditions, cultures, throughout history of the church. In other words, we see it everywhere. Worship's everywhere. But as a Christian... As a follower of Jesus, worship takes on a whole new meaning. And when the Christian embraces the true meaning of worship, they experience a meaningful life. And you might be here today thinking, I just feel discontent. I don't feel fulfilled. I feel like there's just a lot going on in my life. Well, I'm telling you right now, there's one person that'll fix it. His name is Jesus. And there's a place that you can find him and find the answers. And that's in worship. That's in worship. Or when we worship. So let's dive into worship today. Let's discover what happens when we bring our hearts into that place. See, I believe that this right here, this expression, this action that I'm doing right here, that I did, this is, this is kind of how I, I see worship as an expression, one expression. I think this is one of the most ex, uh, important actions or expressions that we can do. So if you see anything, just see this. Th this is kind of what we're going to look. You know, we're looking at this, uh, this uh, f thing that we have here. We had a few to look at. One lifting hands like this. Others kind of uh, small and seeing a big God. But I really love this because this, this really kind of speaks to me. This is kind of where I believe worship is on your knees. But really the hands being lifted, saying, I need you, God. I need you right now. 
I don't need my own wisdom. I don't need my own strength. I need you, Papa, Daddy. That, that's really what, what this says. This, this is how I worship. This is how I worship in private, and this is what we can do in public and learn that. So this is extremely important to God, but there's another expression that's also extremely important. It's this. Hey, I want to help you. Hey, I want to love you. Hey, I, w- I want to do something to help my fellow brothers and sisters in this world, right? You can't have this alone. You have to have this with it. And you can't just have this alone. You have to have this with it. They both go. So when you think of two expressions today, think of this, I worship you, Lord, and think of this, I want to help you. I want to help you get healed. I want to help you in some way, right? Those are kingdom priority. That's why, that's why we, our, our new motto here is love God, love people. Pretty simple. I like simple. Love God. See, love God? Love people. Someone once said, when we pray, we are preoccupied with our needs. We have a to-do list. When we praise, we are preoccupied with our blessings. But when we worship, we are preoccupied with God. Worship is where all the good God stuff happens. It's also the place that the enemy wants us to keep, wants to keep us from. He tries to distract us from worship. Sometimes in life, we just lose that place of worship, don't we? We, we, we man, we're, what just happened? I used to, I used to tell God I love him. I used to tell God I need him. I used to do this, but all of a sudden I got, I got pushed around or I got knocked around and I lost my place of worship. Today we're going to get it back. The enemy wants to keep us from that place because he can't go there anymore. He's excluded from that place forever. How? Well, in the beginning, God created a beautiful angel, leading other angels, all the angels, to experience the glory of God. He was the worship leader of heaven. His name was Lucifer, meaning morning star or light bringing. He was the dude. But he got tired of doing it. Do you hear that? He got bored worshiping God. He wanted a piece of the action. He wanted to sit on God's throne. So he, he turned, he stopped doing this, and he turned to the other angels. He said, hey, this stuff's getting boring, man. Why are we doing this? This is not working. This stuff doesn't work. We lift our hands like this to God and tell him how great he is and tell him that we love him. This stuff isn't working. Do anything for you? No, it's not doing anything for me. Well, follow me. And a third of the angels followed Lucifer, the Bible says. And when I read that, I thought, man, this is not going to go good for him. <laughs> That's what I read. This was a very disappointing and deceptive moment. But listen, God always has a plan to make it right and frustrate the enemy. Whenever the enemy tries to mess things up, God always has a plan to reverse it and make it good for you and give him the glory. Always. Please know that. See, God could have given up. He could have started over. He didn't. He chose to give this responsibility of worship to another species called humans, us. Created in his very own image. Why? Because this would absolutely frustrate the devil. And this would absolutely give God the glory. So God grabbed a handful of dirt, picked it up, 
And he went over to Lucifer and said, hey, see this dirt? This is my next worship leader <laughs> right here. And God formed human out of that dirt and that dust. And Lucifer probably went, LOL. <laughs> that thing, that dirt is going to out-worship me. That dirt's going to be better than me. And, and, and he said, that broken vessel, that marred clay pot, that imperfect person. And God said, yup, yup. I'll show you how that's going to work. Now, because of what, what, what he did, because of, because of uh, you know, the, the creating mankind and creating us, now we have access into the Holy Holies. We have access into the presence of God. We are VIPs. And God is looking for us. Think about that. He's looking for us to take our position, to draw close to him in worship, to see heaven touch earth. John 4, 23 says this, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's right here, right now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Look at the Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. He kind of looks around and he says, I'm just looking for people who are going to do this. I'm looking for people who are going to get on their knees. I'm looking for people who are going to say and that they depend on me. I'm looking for people who are going to come into my presence and have a time spent with me. That's, he's looking for us. You wonder why you're here in church today? It's because God found you. And he called you to be that next God-loving, praise-giving worship warrior to display the glory of God in these last days. In other words, God is looking for anyone who will openly express their love for him. That's it. So a good definition of worship is just this, love expressed. Say love expressed. Love expressed. Say, uh, say, say you try to say, say I love you, God. See, that wasn't so hard. See, isn't it true when you love someone more than yourself, you'll automatically do things that prove it? Our greatest example is Jesus, right? Jesus loved us more than anything else that he was willing to go to a cross and die for us even when he didn't know us or while we were yet sinners or stinkers, I say. He went to the cross because he loved us more than himself. That's what love does. I went from the bar to a Bible study, from denying the truth to giving my testimony and by the way, you wouldn't be here today if you hadn't been touched by the love of God in some way. And listen, being here today, listening online today, proves that you love God. That proves it. Be happy. Are you amen, right? Just say, I love God. And I know it. Good. We'll get you there. See, when I first met Emily, I found myself doing things I thought I would never do. I mean, I, I, I started telling her I love her. I love you. Early on, kissed her on the cheek, held her hand, put on new cologne. Put on cologne. To be, <laughs> new cologne, any cologne, my goodness. I started running. I hate running. I started running with her. I said, what am I doing? I must love her. I started ironing, which I hate more than running. <laughs> I'd come over, I'd come over to her house, and she had a roommate, and I saw all of her clothes. I thought, 
I'm going to show her I love her by ironing these clothes. Painful, painful, painful. I found myself, and you know some of my stories, I found myself in departments I've never been in before. Departments in, 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 in grocery stores. Aisles that I never knew existed. That were only for women. Because I had to run and get some stuff for Emily, some errands for her. And I found myself just sweating beads because I had to pick something out that I didn't know what it was. She didn't even tell me. I've been in those positions too much, but you know what it proved? I love her. That's it. <laughs> that's all. Or I was dumb, but I love her, and that's what love does. Love makes you dumb. So that, and that, that's okay. That's okay, right? That's okay. That's okay. I was expressing my love to Emily, and, and, and when we worship God, we're expressing our love to him. See, God never demands our worship. People do that. Dictators do that. Insecure people do that. Not God. God does not demand or force us to express our love to him. But he certainly expresses his love to us in millions and millions of ways. Come on. All we got to do is think. All we got to do is look around and see all the ways that God loves us. So when we know that he loves us, then we reciprocate. We express our love back to him. So let me show you something to help us understand worship and compel us to get to that place of worship. This is the account of Moses. I believe he's one of the greatest leaders that we've ever known. And this is his first worship experience. I want to pull some truth from it, from his encounter with God. Here we go. Exodus 3, if you have your Bibles, turn there. If you want to go on your, your phone, version, which is a powerful app, get it. The Bible app is powerful. I'm going to read this to you. The background is Moses was in Egypt for all those years. He was, and, but he wasn't, he wasn't necessarily, he was, he was uh, trapped, but, but he was like going to the best schools. He had all the money. He was, he, was the, he was the dude there. And all of a sudden something happens where he just, he knew that wasn't where he was supposed to be. And all of a sudden um, he, this thing happens. And he finds himself in a completely different place. And here's how we start. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. So he goes to this place. He marries this woman. And now he has a father-in-law. And his father-in-law, he's leading the flock far into the wilderness until he came to Sinai, the mountain of God. Now let me just say this for, right here. Is that I just believe that true worship happens when we come to our end. True worship happens when we come to the end of ourselves. It's like he was almost, he was led into a wilderness, by the way. The Bible says the backside of a desert. There was nobody there except these stinky sheep. And I think this is significant. So if you find yourself in that kind of wilderness or you don't know where you're going, you don't know what your purpose is, you are a prime candidate for a place of worship, for a time of worship. You're a prime candidate. See, it's usually when we know where we're going, we got all our PhDs piled high and deep. Um, it's good. I mean, listen, God just wants our heart. And sometimes we got to come to the end of ourselves. we got to find ourselves in the backside of a desert. Here we go. So there at the backside of, by the mountain of God, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't this bush burning up? I must go see it. 
When the Lord saw Moses come to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Hey, don't come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you're standing on holy ground. I'm the God of your father, God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Verse 7, then the Lord told him, I've certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. Listen, God's got you, your own fertile and spacious land, by the way. Flown milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jubazites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I've seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. First, let me just say this. I believe we're on the verge, on the edge, the precipice of a great awakening. I believe for many, many years, the church has been harassed and bullied. You know, people give the church a bad name. They don't know what they're doing. Because I'll tell you right now, there has been a demonic force against God's church, the hope of the world, my friends, Christians, there's been attack on them like never before. That's why we haven't seen the stuff that we know needs to happen, but I'm telling you something, it's about to happen because God is coming to deliver us and God is coming to take his bride, yeah, yeah, amen, to take his bride and make her shine just like she's supposed to. Right? And I get it. There's, there's stuff that we need to repent from and turn from. But, but in general, we've been under such an attack of the enemy that we, that, that we, we just didn't know it. But I'm telling you right now, that's, that's what's been happening. But let me say this first. Know this. God has something really good for you on the other side of your worship. Always. So God invites Moses into this place and gives him a promise. See, the, the, in worship, you'll get a promise. How many need a promise, right? We all need promises. Promises found in God's word, but we need a promise. Exodus 3, so I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. Look at that. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. Doesn't that make you feel good? Say, say, I've got a promise for my own spacious and fertile land. Come on. God has something really good for you on the other side of your worship. I need you to know that for incentive purposes, but more so for intimacy purpose. Because he wants to give you something in that, in that moment. So, so when we worship, when we choose to go to that place, first I want to say this, God changes our perspective. This is so important. See, sometimes we can miss God in life simply because we're not looking in the right direction. But when we worship, God can change that. We may not have the right perspective. We may be too self-focused. I've been there. We may be too world-focused, distracted. We may care so much about the things of this world that our vision is consumed with it. See, it's okay to have stuff, but does stuff have you? That stuff, this life, can actually keep us from true worship. So Moses, he needed this time so bad. And here's the other thing. I believe God is taking... His people. Really, he's giving us a choice. Do you hear that? We have a choice. And that is, 
do you want to come into worship with me or not? Choose this day whom you serve. So I, I believe we're coming to a time where, where there's no more gray area. Dave and I were talking about that. There's no gray area, just black and white, right? Just like, here it is. You know, yes or no, yes or no. Don't give me no more maybe, yes or no. And God hopes we say yes, yes to worship. But sometimes we can, we can lose it. But, but here's what happens. Because God wants to change our perspective. Exodus 3, 3 through 4. Moses said, this is amazing. Why is this bush burning up? I must go see it. Perspective. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, then God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am replied. Moses replied. So what are we saying here? We're saying, listen, it was, it was only when Moses turn to look. It's only when we turn to look. It's only when we start seeing God in the little things. We start seeing, being amazed at God again. We start being, we're thankful to God. We are seeing God like we've never seen him before. It's only when we look, come on, that God says, now I'm going, now I'm going to speak. Did you guys get that? He could have stayed out of his determined path his way my way. But he looked. See, there are miracles happening all around us. Evidence of God all around us. But do you see it? Or are you looking for it? Because when you start looking for it, looking for God, I'll tell you, God's going to speak. Oh man, God's going to speak. He's going to say something. You won't miss his voice. True worship will correct our vision, change our perspective. I see it all over the place. See, you know worship is happening when your perspective is changing. And you know worship is happening when your position is changing. In other words, worship changes our position. I'll show you what I mean by that. Moses, once determined, once wandering, once lost, once prideful, now standing in the very presence of God, and then God says this to him. Exodus 3, 5, don't come any closer. Take off your sandals for you're standing on holy ground. I thought, was God moody? I mean, first of all, he's like inviting him and then he kind of rebukes him. He's not moody. There's, this is significant. This is a significant moment right here when we talk about worship. Take off your sandals. What's that all about? Well, our sandals, listen, our shoes represent where we are going. The path that we choose to take. Taking off the shoes means, listen, giving up the path. Are you willing to give up your path to God? Are you willing to give up your position to God? Are you willing to give up uh, your, your, your way to God? Come on. That's what he's talking about. He says, Moses, you got to take that off. You're very determined. You got a lot of stuff going on, Moses, but I need to know that you're with me. I need to know that I can have it. I need to know that I can have you. I need to know that I can direct your steps. I need to know that I can make your path straight, that your life is mine. So taking off the sandals was also a sign of respect. It was like the old custom of a man taking off his hat when greeting a lady. He needs to come back. Token of respect. And this moment was also about humility. Taking off the sandals was an expression of reverence and humility. Unfortunately, we live in a society where we actually teach children this. 
Don't let anybody tell you what to do. And I know we, we're saying that today, man. You know, we say it, but, but when we say that, we're actually telling our kids exactly that. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. And what happens is, what happens when God tells you something to do? <laughs> and you got that mindset, you got that something in your soul that says, well, my dad, my mom told me to never let, no, I, I just, I, I, think, I think we need to teach them, listen, when God speaks, do what he tells you to do, yeah. right? If he wants to change your position, just, just be humble, be humble. I think of Jesus feeding the 5,000, right? They're all hungry, they're starving, they don't have any food, and what did Jesus do? He says, hey, command them to sit <laughs> in groups. I wonder what would have happened if they didn't sit, right? I wonder if the miracle would have happened if they just stood there like, I'm not going to sit. Nobody tells me what to do. But they did. They did. But it's not the literal position that we're talking about. It's about the position of the heart. We're willing to give God our heart. Are we willing to bring this respect and honor and humility uh, into our worship to God? Hebrews 12, 28. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable in our shakable times, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. All that means is, God, I don't want to miss it. God, I want to see you in everything. God, I, I want to stay on your path. God, make sure that I always have a place of worship. Because here's the truth. The heart that bows is the heart that wows God. It doesn't really matter how you worship. What matters is who you worship. Changes our, our, our perspective. And worship, listen, changes our, 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 um, our purpose. Gives, gives us purpose. You know that? So many people live life like, what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? This is what you do. Go find a room in your house where nobody else can go. Shut the door. Sometimes it's just the bathroom. God will show up in the bathroom, I promise you. And just do, the, just do this. Get, leave your phone outside the room. Leave your TV. If you've got a TV in the bathroom, shut it off. Just leave it outside and just do this. I promise you, do this. Stay there for as long as you can and say, God, I love you. God, I need you. God, Abba, Father, do this. Just do this. Do this. Do this. And I promise you, God will begin to give you purpose because that's what Moses did. Everyone needs purpose. I remember playing football. I tried wide receiver, but running back was my specialty until I got hurt. But I tried living in, in the corporate world, but, but this is where I'm supposed to be. Tried living to please myself. Tried living outside of God's will. Didn't work. You know what fixed it? Worship. Worship, expressing my love to God, gave me purpose. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Come on, we have purpose. We have purpose. So God, God brings Moses to a backside of a desert, a place where he had to come to his end, end of himself, and he speaks to him in a burning bush, and this is what he says in that time of worship, Exodus 3.10. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. You have destiny. You have purpose. You have a calling in your life. 
And you're gonna find it when you do this. Lord Jesus, I need purpose. I need direction. I need, I need you to show me something. Just give me one little nugget and I'll eat it. One little door open. I'll, 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 I'll walk through that door. Quickest way to discovering your purpose is in worship. Worship, wor- that's why we need to get that place. Worship will bring you purpose. And worship, listen, will bring his power. Now, this is cool because in just a moment, we're just gonna, we're gonna spend just a few minutes of, of worshiping God. And if, you're, if you are being attacked by a demonic force, if you have a Goliath in your life, he shows up every day and he abuses you, he taunts you, he, 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 just, he starts saying, he lies to you. If you've got a Goliath showing up, guess what? Worship is gonna take him down. Worship will take him down. Worship brings power. See, if you want to win the battles on earth, you got to worship the king of heaven. That was weak. If you want to win the battles on earth, you got to worship the king of heaven. Yeah, thank you. All right, isn't that good, right? See, here's the truth. When we worship, God goes to work. When we worry, the enemy goes to work. I've experienced that, right? Get that worry, get that worry out of there. Wor- worship, worship eradicates worry. Because when you're in worship, God says, oh, I'm going to take care of you. Why are you so worried about provision? Ha, huh, come on, if I care for the birds, I care for, how much more do I care for you, right? He'll say, oh, don't, don't worry about those people. Oh, come on. They're, they're just, they're just, windbags. Come on. I, I own everything. Don't worry about what they say. Oh, don't worry about your reputation. Come on. I know, everyone's got a past. Come on. Move forward. We all got past. We all made mistakes, right? Don't worry about that stuff. Come on. I got a great future ahead of you. Don't get bogged down with those things. That's what happens in worship. Or you can do this. Right? And when we do this, the enemy goes to work. Which one will you choose? I've noticed when a Christian is lukewarm, the enemy advances, but when a Christian worships, the enemy flees. He runs. True story. Israel's in a pickle. They're surrounded by a large enemy, multiple kings. And they were getting frightened, but the, the leader rose up and he said, this is what I'm going to do. First of all, he said, Jehoshaphat, I'm going to get down on my knees. And he does this. He lifts up his hands. And everybody around him said, man, I'm going to do that too. So they all got down and lifted up their hands and worshiped God. And in that time of worship, God gives them a strategy. And God says, well, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get everybody who can play an instrument, sing a song, and I want you to send them out worshiping me. And I want, to, I want you to, them to sing this song. Uh, the, the faithful love of God endures forever, right? He says, have them sing that. And I'm thinking, all the people are like, what? I thought we were going to pray and then other armies were going to show up. The tanks were going to come. The missiles were going to come. And they were just going to, no, no, you know, this is what God wants you to do. He says, get the worshipers out there. Watch, watch. I'll show you it's going to work. And this is what the Bible says. I'll just read it to you. 
go there. It says, it says uh, the moment that they began to worship, the moment they began to sing, give thanks to the Lord, his faithful love endures forever. At that very moment, they began to sing and give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. They killed each other. And when they got to the battlefield, Israel got to the battlefield, they're like, oh my goodness, it really worked. Worship is powerful. The fact that I sang to God actually worked and drove off the enemy. Your worship is a weapon. Your worship will defeat your enemy. Worship brings power. And lastly, listen, worship makes it personal. I believe many churches unintentionally tend to make God non-relational by putting too much emphasis on works when God is all about relationship. See, true worship is an invitation into intimacy, into closeness, into confidentiality, into friendship. You can tell God anything. Isn't that awesome? You can tell him anything. He already knows everything, right? But, you, but he wants you to say it. And I believe it's in the personal, private place where this needs to happen first. That's why I said, you wanna do something powerful, Tonight, when you go home, tomorrow morning, find a room, close the door. It's just you and God. And lift up your hands. Just tell him, I need you, God. I love you, Lord. And the Bible says, when you do that in secret, God will reward you in public. He'll, he'll, he'll reward you with the thing that you need. Come on. That's what he does. So Moses knew something the other people didn't know. The Bible says Moses knew the ways of God and the people knew the works of God. See, there's so many people in all, I know God can heal. I know God can, oh God, just give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And Moses like, I don't want that stuff. I want you, Moses said. Look at, look at what this says in Psalm 103.7. It said, God made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people. Listen, I know God works. I've seen God's miraculous works, but I don't want that. I want to know his ways. I want to know his heart, right? I want to know what he says about me. It's one thing to know God's works. It's another to know his ways, his heart. And Moses knew God's heart. And I believe it started at that worship experience. Because the truth is, everybody else, when they saw God come on a mountain, they ran. They got scared. Well, I'm not going up there. I'm not going on that mountain. It's a, it's a thick, dark cloud. But Moses said, let's go. Who's coming with me? Joshua, let's go. Come on. I'm going because I know God's in there. I know God's in there. I know God will speak because he didn't care about anything else, but he doesn't need to hear from God. He needed a promise from God. So I love this as we finish. Uh, God, God starts his relationship with Moses by saying this in Exodus 3, 4. He says, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Moses, Moses. You know, sometimes when you hear your name twice, you think you're in trouble. But, but, but listen, let, let, me, let me calm your fears today. You are never in trouble with God. You are never. God, God, isn't, God isn't calling you from, from a burning bush to, have, to burn you up in the bush necessarily. He's, not coming, he's coming to help you. But I know growing up, this is what I heard when I got in trouble. Daniel Lee 
clots. Or my mom had to go through like all these names of our kids. Like she never got her names right. Like Michelle, Kimberly, Daniel, Lee, Klotz, come here. Or she would say, Kleinenhund, which means small dog. We learned that later. Why does mom keep calling us Kleinenhund? <laughs> she called small dogs. I didn't know. Like small dogs. Listen, God never calls from a place of worship and calls you a small dog. He never, ever, ever tries to make you frightened at all. This was an invitation. Moses, Moses, my son, I love you so much. And Moses, would you just kind of come here a little closer because, now take off your sandals, but come here because it's an invitation. You're not in trouble. You're not in trouble with God, right? He's welcoming us. Every time God, when he calls us, you know who's excited? God. <laughs> he didn't expect you to get excited first. Just know that he is. Every time his, like at church, when you come, he says, oh, I'm so glad they're here. Oh, man, I'm so glad they're here. I can't wait to speak. I can't wait to show them awesome things. I can't wait to, to, to show them my character and love. I can't wait. God is so excited. Sometimes we make God, churches unintentionally make God non-emotional, and that's wrong. You can't separate emotions from God. <laughs> That'd be like Spock. Nobody wants to go to a Spock church, right? But God gets excited. So as we finish, if you would just stand, we want to, I want to sing just a few phrases. And, uh, as we honor God, as, we, as we, we're, we're, we're gonna be worshiping him, telling him, hey, uh, take my life, right? Um, my life is yours. And just a few, a few um, phrases of this song, I think it's one of the best songs ever written, really speaks to me, it's called Here I Am to Worship. And uh, a, in, in a very simple way, it really gets right to the heart of what God's called us to, him in a place of worship. I believe in this time as we worship him, if you've got struggles, God's gonna alleviate that. He's gonna give you peace. Um, he's gonna get the devil off your back. But it's gonna come by willingly expressing our love to God. That's what it is. So, amen. I, you got it? You know, this, this is one of the most, you close your eyes if you don't wanna look at people. Listen, but, but I, I encourage you, don't put your hands in your pocket. You can, but, but, if, but if you just... Get into this position right now, if you would. And we just, by the way, just say, say, say I love you, God. See, that was easy. I love you, God. It's so simple. I love you, God. Yeah, I do. I do love you. That's why I'm here today. Yes. So oh, sorry. Yes, I love you, God. Oh, this is so good. So good. <clears throat> so we're going to express our love to him through the song. Whenever you go through difficulties, whenever you face trials of any kind, whenever you find yourself walking through the dark season, sing this song. It'll put your heart back focusing on Him. Put your hope and trust back in Him. And you'll find a place of peace and power and purpose. <clears throat> so God, we love you today. We're here as we finish this service, God. <clears throat> we don't really care who's looking around because we just want to tell you we love you. We want to tell you we love you. Bible says lift up holy hands. This moment is, your, is the breakthrough moment. 
thank you for who you are, God. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. Just tell him, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together Just sing that again. Here I am. Come on. Said, here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're mine. You're all together lovely. All together worthy. All together I love this bridge because every time I sing it, it really makes me think about what Jesus did for me. It really puts me in a good, humble position when I think about these words. I'll never know how much it costs, oh man, to see my sin upon that cross, guys. I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin, not their sin, my sin, right? This moment is so powerful as we just recognize Jesus, amen. And I'll never know, tell him how much it can to see. Said I'll never know how much it to see my sin upon that. Sing it again. Said I'll never know how much it costs to see my sin. Upon that cross Said I'll never know How much Thank you Jesus To see my sin So it's easy to sing this Here I am to Declare it that you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful too. Would you pray this with me? Say, Dear Jesus, I recognize your love for me. You died for me, took my sins, took all my mistakes, my past, my present, and my future, and you put it on yourself on the cross 
so that I could be free, so that I could be loved, and I could live with you forever. Today, I declare you as my Lord, as my Savior, and I'm happy about it. I'm so happy, Jesus. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.